The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. I am here today with Wendy Sterling, who is a top divorce media personality, international divorce coach, life transition specialist, and founder of The Divorce Rehab. She helps newly divorced men and women who are having trouble moving forward and tired of feeling stuck, pain, fear, resentment, anger, and guilt to find joy, self-worth, and freedom. Wendy is also a speaker, the host of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast, an author, an advanced theta healer, and mom to her two amazing boys, and she's just kind of an awesome human and soul. So this is not our first time chatting, so I'm excited to actually have her in the hot seat today. Hey, Wendy. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so psyched to to be doing this and having you here, because the last time we chatted, I was on your podcast. So now I get to ask all the questions. <laughs> yes, the tables are turned. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so can we just- Today we're talking about boundaries, and we're going to really dive into that topic, but can we start with you just sharing your divorce story? Of course. I'm more than happy to. And, you know, my divorce story essentially starts with the fact that I believe that divorce can be the most empowering experience that anybody can go through to find their true identity and voice, to start designing a life that they choose instead of feeling stuck with the one that they have. And that's very much what happened to me. And I will never forget that night. Can't even believe it was five years ago, a little over five years ago. I'll never forget that night where my intuition and my gut punched me harder than it ever had. And it was in that moment where I realized that my marriage was a complete facade and that things were not what they they looked on the outside. You know, my now ex-husband and I, we were in couples therapy. We were both in therapy by ourselves. We knew that there were issues in the marriage. And at the same time, never did I believe that I would feel so betrayed and hurt and feel a rug of a life that I found secure to be pulled out from underneath me. And so it was really in that moment that I realized that I had, you know, I had lost myself. I had completely depended upon him to see who I was, to know what I felt, to know what I liked. And it was really hitting rock bottom that enabled me to start building myself back to a place where I recognized my reflection in the mirror again. And so it was over the next year that I really doubled down in therapy and I also saw that I was still stuck. You know, I was listening to podcasts, you know, like yours and many of our colleagues, reading every self-help book possible out there, you know, attending any and all free webinars I could get my hands on. But I realized that I still felt really stuck. I was focusing a lot in the rearview mirror, a lot in my past. And it really wasn't until I saw a post from a friend of mine on Facebook that talked about life coaching and the power of really stepping into a vision of the life you want to create. And a light bulb went on for me. 
And again, my intuition said, Wendy, you got to do this or something in this. And so when I do things, I go bigger, I go home. <laughs> so I not only enrolled in learning about life coaching, I also decided to become certified as one. And it was really over that next year where I was learning how to be a life coach, I hired a life coach where I really started seeing myself progress very quickly through the emotional trauma and healing of my divorce. And in addition to that, I felt an energetic connection with my ex and really discovered theta healing at the same time. And so, you know, I don't believe that there's just one thing that works for everybody. I think it's a combination of different modalities that help each and every one of us. And so I went out and I sought out what I saw worked for me and then ultimately decided that it was time for me to leave corporate and that my divorce was essentially my calling to really create something that didn't exist out there to help women like me because I knew that I was not alone. And so I decided not only to file for divorce, but I also decided to leave corporate America and my six-figure cushy paycheck and to start my own business. And lo and behold, two and a half years later, almost three years later, here I am loving what I do and really helping women to see their divorce as an empowering experience and to take a stand for them. You know, my program, The Divorce Rehab, really does that. I mean, it really is that tough love and accountability that you know that you need when you're going through this process. And yet our friends and family keep us stuck, even though they have the best of intentions. So for me, it was really, my divorce was a bigger calling for me. It was for me to really step into my true power and calling in this life and to help change the conversation around divorce. And I love the tough love approach because I think that's how I approach everything. My clients, the people, the coaching clients I work with, but the tough love is like you People need to hear that and you don't want to necessarily hear it, but sometimes that's the thing to really propel you forward. And I think you're spot on. A lot of times we have friends who have our back and they are, you know, cheering for us, but they're not giving us the advice that we really need because of course they're going to be jaded and they're going to be biased about it. Yeah. So what you said just like knocked my socks off. So not only did you decide to file for divorce, but then you quit your job like at a time like, I mean, quite frankly, girl, like that's the worst time ever to quit your job. I know. (laughs) You know, it was one of those things where it was part of my past. And it was something I got to say goodbye to at the same time, to be honest, without having that safety net. I don't think I would be where I am today. Oh my God. So this is just your testament that big change can happen and massive change can happen all at once. And you can still come out the other side and be the best version ever. Yeah. So let's talk about boundaries. Cause this is your kind of love topic. You <laughs> teach on it, you educate on it. You, you know, you, you bound, you are like the boundary babe. So what, Let's start first with why do we need boundaries? Great question. Uh, Coming from somebody or, you know, speaking on behalf of somebody who had zero boundaries her whole life and didn't know until I (laughs) got divorced. So boundaries are important because essentially it tells us where we end and where somebody else begins. So the way that I like to define boundaries are they are rules, they are limitations, they're guidelines that we create for ourselves that enable other people to know how to interact with us, how it is that we want to be spoken to, what it is that we like, what it is that we don't like. 
And I always use the analogy from, you know, those of your listeners who have seen Dirty Dancing, you know, it's that scene where Patrick Swayze says, this is my dance space, this is your dance space. And that's really what boundaries are intended to be. And, you know, boundaries are so important because they actually do the opposite of what people think. People think boundaries push others away. It keeps people out. But what it actually does is it enables you to build stronger connections and relationships with the people in your life because you're eliminating that fear of judgment, the fear of abandonment, the guilt, all other fears that come up when you think about setting boundaries. And without having them in your life, you are not able to really truly interact with those in your life in a way where you're being authentic. Okay, so what boundary mistakes are we making on the daily? (laughs) There's a lot. (laughs) And, you know, the biggest one that I hear a lot, well, there's mistakes that we make in terms of what our beliefs are, right? So a lot of times we think, well, boundaries are going to push people away. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two is, well, if I set boundaries, my children are going to be punished in the process. That is absolutely not true. Your kids actually thrive with boundaries, setting boundaries with your kids. That's actually, you know, a further topic that I educate my clients on is how to do that with your kids, because what kids ultimately need and the way that they thrive is through rules and security. (laughs) You know, they want to feel safe. So boundaries help them do so. I also hear that a lot of times people are afraid to create boundaries because, well, it's going to, you know, disrupt the apple cart. And so why bother? It's not worth it. Well, how does it feel as you are not disrupting the apple cart, right? You're choosing to keep somebody else's peace instead of maintaining your own, you're putting other people first. That results in a lot of us who are people pleasers tend to have no boundaries because again, we're putting other people ahead of ourselves. Another mistake I hear people make a lot is, you know, well, we've always done it this way. It's just easier if I, you know, it's going to be so much harder if we change things up and blah, blah. Okay, great. Once again, you're keeping their peace (laughs) instead of really putting yourself first, you know, and those are sort of the mindsets that are the most common that I hear. And the other mistakes that people make as it relates to setting their boundaries has to do with the fact that they don't realize that the easiest boundary, I'm going to share a secret with everyone, okay? The easiest boundary you can start setting today around a couple of different areas of your life is the word no. And no is a complete sentence, everybody. No, with no explanation right? Half the time we think that we have to explain ourselves, right? No, I can't do that. Well, I've got this and then I have to go do this. And well, it's going to, you know, it's going to disrupt and, but, and you get into like the storytelling, right? And what ends up happening is that when you get into explanation, when you get into defensive mode, you open yourself up to negotiation instead of just having it be a firm no. So it's not about being disrespectful or unkind. It's about communicating no in a kind and respectful way instead of opening yourself up to negotiation because then you're showing your hand. It's like you're playing poker and you're playing with an open face. That takes away your power versus you standing in your power of the word no. What are people going to say back to you, right? So it's really a matter of understanding how to say no and also understanding that the biggest boundary violation that I see and have been guilty of myself 
is a lack of respect for your own time. We create no boundaries around our time. And I don't know about you, Renee. I know you're an attorney. I'm a life coach. My time is quite valuable, right? You charge by the hour as an attorney. I charge my clients for my time and wisdom. Why is it that nobody else is placing a value on their time, right? How many times do you say yes to people when afterwards you go, crap, why did I do that? I like, I just added so much stress to my life, et cetera. Right. And yet at the same time, you're doing it because you want to please other people. You hate to be the person to say no. And so a lot of what I teach when I do educate around boundaries is really teaching you how to step into your power, how it is that you get to start learning how to say no, how to start putting value on your time, on your energy, on your physicality, right? And really understanding that you're making mistakes every single day, just not even having them in place. And they're so subconscious to you at this point that you don't even think to question them. Coming at you this spring, the She Who Wins Summit is my first live event. There is no other event like it out there. It's not a stuffy, boring conference. The She Who Wins Summit is a day-long event for women who are ready to up-level their life. This event will inspire you. This event will motivate you. This event will move you. Are you ready to supercharge your self-belief and ignite your soul? Join us. For more information, check out www.shewhowins.com. Hope to see you there. Oh my gosh, so many gems in there. I don't even know where to start with them. The time piece is a massive one. And I can say that I had horrible time boundaries for a really long time until I became really intentional about it. And now I started to say no to things that I might have otherwise said yes to. And I just said, no, I can't fit it in. I'm sorry. You know, no, no, thank you. It's not aligned with what I'm doing right now. And it's amazing what happens when you do that. You create so much space for the things you do want to do and for how you want to spend your time. And that's, you know, that's magical. Yeah. And, and I will even say like to caution people, don't apologize. You don't have to apologize for saying no. You can say no respectfully. No, unfortunately, that doesn't work with my schedule. Or unfortunately, that isn't going to work given the commitments I've already made, right? So there's ways you don't just have to say no, right? And just be rude about it. It can say like, unfortunately, that won't work. So that doesn't work for me, right? There's different ways that you can go about it, but just making sure you're not apologizing and you're not defending yourself. But we do it all the time, right? As yes. women, like we always are apologizing. I'm so like, sorry. All, it's like it slips out. Yes, it, it slips out. And you don't even recognize it, and you're like, "Why the heck am I saying I'm sorry for something I'm really not sorry for?" Yeah, and we all are guilty of it. I mean, I grew up in a house where you know I love my mother, and and you know at the same time she's the apology queen, you know. And like I always say to her, I'm like, "Mom, stop apologizing. It's fine. You get to say no. You get to have opinions. You get to make decisions, right?" And I think I do agree with you. I think as women, we tend to err on the side of apology, right? Because we don't want to hurt other people's feelings. We care about what other people see and think of us. So this is a time where you really get to look yourself in the mirror too and to stop apologizing, you know, like Rachel Hollis has a book, girl, stop apologizing. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So I'm going to give a shout out to my mother who I know is going to listen to this episode. She is unapologetically opinionated. (laughs) I love it. 
she is the opposite of that. So, hey, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I have a question about co-parenting and the word no. Because a lot of times co-parenting requires like some massaging and I might even call it maybe some manipulating the other person in order to have some ease and and maybe to get some compliance with some stuff. So can you co-parent and just say no period? Or do you think that it requires some sort of like follow-up with that or explanation? Or is it your experience? Because I know you co-parent too, that no just kind of is the end. I do. And I teach a lot about co-parenting and co-parenting with boundaries. So you get to say no as a co-parent. You know, I have been, you know, and this is coming from somebody who had zero relationship with her ex. It was not amicable to a place now where I think he and I are better friends today than we were our last couple of years of marriage. And you do get to say no to your co-parent, you know, and when you say no, ensuring that it is coming from a place where you're still putting your children in the center instead of making them feel like they're in the middle of a tug of war, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had clients where, for example, you know, their ex has asked for a change in custody. And listen, Lord knows I have asked for changes in days too. And There have been times where he has said, no, I cannot do it. And there have been times where I have said, no, I cannot do it. I think where it all comes down to is in your delivery, right? So coming from a place of respect and kindness, you know, I don't believe that you need to explain anything because they haven't earned the right to know your life anymore and vice versa. And I also come from the perspective of pick your battles, Okay. So if you are just like, you know what, I'd rather have the kids, like I'll totally do it. That's fine. But just making sure that you're not allowing yourself to become that doormat that perhaps you were in your marriage. And one of the biggest things that I say when you are stepping into this new co-parenting relationship is really learning who you are now as mom and dad, instead of defaulting back into a relationship of wife or husband. And so coming from a place of no is you coming from a place of mom standing in your power, but also respecting their dad. Right. So does Uh, that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. Absolutely. And sometimes I find that people will just say no, just because, and it will be no period because I don't want to rather than, you know, one of the, the examples that I see over and over again during the summertime is summer vacation and where you have a traditional every other weekend situation, but one parent has a rental house that goes Saturday to Saturday and they want to extend that their parenting time so that they're using their full vacation. And I've seen parents just flat out say, no, it's not your parenting time. And I think that that is a selfish response that ultimately the kids are the ones who get hurt by that. So I think that saying no, you can say no and have a period, but then also having some flexibility in parenting and there's some give and take really goes a long way because at some point you're going to want to switch too. And if you keep saying no every step of the way, they're going to say no right back at you. Exactly. And, And that's a great and perfect example of you're putting your kids in the middle by saying no, instead of really putting them in the center and going, you know what, I'm sure they would love to spend an extra couple of days there. And perhaps that sounds like a great idea. Since you're going to take an extra three days this week, how about I take an extra three days, right? So 
that's where the flexibility gets to come in, right? Boundaries get to be firm yet flexible. So Mm -hmm. it's not about becoming the doormat and just saying fine. It's really about being thoughtful in your decision, in your choice, checking in with yourself and making sure that it's resonant with you. And again, it's all in, you know, are you punishing your kids or are you really punishing yourself? <laughs> you know, so it's that give and take and it's sort of that like fine dance, right? It's that, it's that little tango that you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you know, lean into and, and don't be difficult just to be difficult, right? Like don't dig your heels in the sand just because you are in an anger place, right? Think about your kids. That's a harder energy to hold on to. When you're so angry and so resentful and your immediate response is, you know, screw them, hell no, like you're holding on to some really low vibrational stuff there. And sometimes I almost look at it that you can retrain your ex by your actions. And if they're really difficult, you can train them to maybe respond in kind if you're the one who's a little bit flexible while still maintaining boundaries. And I think that you're, you know, you're spot on. There is a fine balance between being difficult and being a doormat and really having to find, you know, find what that is. Because I think it's easy. If you don't have boundaries, I think it's really easy to be a doormat post-divorce. Oh, 100%. And it's also a matter of just taking a breath and choosing to respond instead of react. You know, social media and just having devices at our disposal 24-7 has really created this belief that you've got to respond. Like, oh my God, they're going to see I read it or I have to respond or what if this comes back and bites me, you know, in court. And, you know, and you guys, there's a reasonable amount of time that you get to have to digest a request, to digest a change that is being requested of you. And, you know, this is kind of where this whole mindfulness practice comes in that I also preach a lot about, which is just like, I'm not saying, you know, get mad at yourself and have judgment for wanting to just be difficult because you dislike your co-parent. What I'm saying is acknowledge the fact that you're like, God, I really want to say no. And then just take a minute, breathe through it, acknowledge the thought, thank it for showing up. And get yourself to a place where it's like, okay, I get to think through what is the more rational decision instead of what is the reactive decision based on the gut emotion that I have. Like I always say, give yourself two hours, (laughs) give yourself two hours to process anything before you respond, especially for those moments where you do feel that charge. Pay attention to your body, you guys. Your body has a physical reaction when you read something and then your mind all of a sudden just goes into typing back, like, who do you think you are? Or absolutely not. And, and I'm not saying don't have that initial response. Say it in your head. Be like, hell no, that is not happening. And then go, okay, wait a second. <laughs> don't write that. Let's think about this. Right. And just taking a, a minute, like, you know, one of my favorite sayings that, that I came up with is like, there's power in the pause right? There's so much power to be gained by just pausing, Mm -hmm. right? And then that enables you to shift into a place where you get to respond. You check in with your values, your boundaries. Are my kids in the middle? Are my kids in the center? Am I just trying to be difficult? Like maybe there's an in-between, right? The flexible, the what is flexible look like? And, you know, and then from there, don't go into storytelling mode of like, well, if I write this and he, you know, then they're going to come back and they're going to say this and this. And I'm like, whoa, we are at like, what is your response? 
That's it. End it there. Stop going into storytelling mode because when we do that, we tend to unravel the boundary and the the position that we're taking because we're, again, we storytell and then we get defensive about it. Yeah, absolutely. In any high conflict parenting or co-parenting situation, that's exactly what you see. It unfolds that way. Yes. It's so good. So what is, I have to ask you, because you talked about theta healing and we, you and I have talked about this before, and I think it's really interesting. And I want just to provide that knowledge to people out there who might connect with it and it might be something that they can use. So can you tell us what theta healing is? Yeah, of course. You know, I've always been spiritual in some way, you know, and I, when I was healing through my divorce, I knew that there was an energetic tie that my ex and I had to one another. And I knew that it went way deeper than this life. And I had done Reiki healing and I had, you know, spoken with clairvoyance before and I, and I love all that stuff. And at the same time, I could still feel his energy when he would pull into my driveway, you know, when I would be in his presence. And it's interesting because I actually have a scar above my heart on my chest that is literally like a straight line. I I had melanoma that was removed. And this particular scar, I kept feeling him like it would burn, it would tingle. Anytime he came onto my property or like, I just knew he was up to something, right? And I tried all these other energy modalities and nothing was working until somebody told me about theta healing. And I was like, theta who? Theta what? What is this? <laughs> you know, and, you know, again, I go bigger, I go home. So I not just read about it. I actually hired a theta healer to be like, okay, let's do this. Like, I want to experience what this really feels like. And so what theta healing essentially is, is it is a healing modality. So it is a place where as a theta healer, you connect, you go into a meditative state and you connect with creator. And when you are connecting with creator on what they call the seventh plane, which is the same level that, you know, hypnotherapists go into, it's where those of you who do really deep meditations, that's a state of mind that you get into. And when there, it is about commanding creator to do healings on your clients. Now, I am not the one doing the healing. I am witnessing the healing on creator's behalf. And so the types of theta healing that I do that were, again, what helped me to release my energetic connection with my ex-husband have to do with soul fragment exchange and energetic divorce. So when you engage in a deep, meaningful relationship, okay, and I've done this on clients who never got married, but they had kids, they were in a, you know, 10 plus year relationship with somebody, you are exchanging, think of fragments as energy, right? You exchange energy with that person. And so you're taking on their energy, they're taking on your energy. So part of what I do as a theta healer is I exchange the fragments, right? You get yours back, they get theirs back. And before they're given back to you, I witness creator rinsing, cleaning, and bringing them back. And the experience that I have witnessing that is very different. And I verbalize it to my clients, what I'm seeing and and what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling. And then the energetic divorce is really important because even though, you know, (laughs) here on this life, right, in this earth, that you have a piece of paper that a judge signed, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're divorced energetically in past lives, you know, where your souls have connected. And so what the energetic divorce does is it allows you to disconnect energetically 
for in, in other places and times versus just here on this one. I've also done some belief work with clients where a lot of times we get passed down beliefs from our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, it's generational that are no longer serving you, but they're defaults and we don't know how to shift them. So I work with my clients to really understand what are those beliefs that have been passed down to you? The best example that I can give is my own. I come from a two, both my parents their parents are Holocaust survivors, as are their, like my great grandparents. So I have two sides of Holocaust survivors who have very deep rooted beliefs, having been through that experience, coming to this country. My sister and I are first generation born here in this country. And so what I worked on with my Theta Healer was really understanding what beliefs I was being passed and how those were playing out in my life, including my marriage. So there were beliefs that were playing out between my ex and I that subconsciously I had no idea that this was kind of my default of what I just, you know, knew to do, knew to be, knew how to be. And so I work with my clients in that way too. You know, Theta Healing to me, it lasts. It's everlasting. Reiki, I always felt like, you know, it worked and then I was like, oh, it's back. With Theta Healing, it's lasting because it works across four different levels. It works across core, soul, genetic, and history level. And so you're doing the healings across all four levels. So it completely disappears. And it honestly, I love doing Theta Healing. <laughs> and it complements really beautifully for my style of coaching and also for what I know my clients experience as they're going through the emotional trauma, because there's just a whole other level that coaching doesn't reach that this does. Oh my God. I love all of it. <laughs> so if you're listening, Wendy is like the prime example of why you engage in self-development and have people help you do it and have the coaches and have the healers and all of these people who can guide you because no one can do it alone. Like it's real, or you can do it alone, but it might take you a really, really, really long time. And why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Wendy, you are an absolute joy. Aw, thank um, you. How do we connect with you and how do my listeners um, find you? Yeah, absolutely. Best place to find me is on my website, wendysterling.net. You guys can also connect with me if you're interested. And I have a vast network of amazing colleagues and I always offer up a support call. So you can reach me at contactwendy.com. I too have a podcast. It's called The Divorce Woman's Guide. You can listen to it and reach out to me through that venue if you want to connect with me just in that way. I also have a private Facebook group called The Divorce Rehab, which anyone and everyone is welcome to. It's it's free to be a part of that. And yeah, I appreciate so much, Renee, for you having me on today and for your friendship and just for allowing me to share my wisdom with your audience today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I just love connecting with other people in this space. And if someone can connect with you and say, wow, she said something that really helped me get out of this dark space, then this is, then it's, it's worth it. This work is worth it. Um, and you are doing beautiful, amazing work. So everyone, you guys have to connect with Wendy. She is just an absolute beautiful soul and get some theta healing because that sounds super cool too. It is pretty amazing. Thank you, Renee. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. 